You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, happy long weekend to you. Thanks for tuning in on this beautiful Saturday. I'd love to know what you're doing this weekend. This is sort of the unofficial kickoff to summer. I know it's not technically summer, but it's starting to feel like it. Uh, text in 71010. I'm here with you live until 4 p.m. today. And uh, I wasn't here last weekend. If you tuned in, I don't know what they were playing, but I'm sure it was super exciting. Uh, but it's more exciting because I'm back now. Uh, So I was in uh, Halifax visiting my parents, which if you tune in once in a while, um, you know that I grew up out there and my parents still live in Nova Scotia. So, you know, I try to get out there twice a year and it's pretty convenient, you know, flying from Porter for sure. Um, But my parents are, you know, they're, they're getting a bit older. They're forgetful. They still run a business, which makes me a little bit concerned because my dad, especially, he just turned 77. His, his memory is not not very good. I just have uh, some concerns about the fact that they still work every day. Um, anyway, when I was visiting my parents, uh, the, the night I got in, uh, you know, there's always, I always send my mom an email the day before and I say, I'd like to have some lobster, please. So she makes sure that there's some lobster uh, when I get in and it's always, you know, kind of a long travel day and uh, the phone rings and my parents still have a landline like most people's parents probably do. And uh, I hear her on the, uh, you know, kind of, no, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. And then she hangs up. And then she tells me that they've been getting a lot of these like scam phone calls lately. And I think that's one thing about having, I only have a cell phone and I almost never answer the phone. In fact, I even changed my outgoing voicemail message to say, if you really need to reach me, either text me or send me an email. I'm not usually in a position if I'm running around or at a meeting to pick up and listen to your your voicemail message. So I almost never answer the phone. And if it's a number I don't know, I for sure don't pick up. Uh, my parents, though, they'll answer any call that comes in. So my mom is telling me that a, a few weeks ago, the phone rings, and they've been getting quite a few calls like this. And so a guy on the phone says, oh, I'm an RCMP officer, and you owe money to the government. And I know to hang up on this kind of guy. My friends know, but you know, you realize that the people that they target tend to be older people or uh, it happens a lot to new immigrants because they don't know when someone calls saying, kind of spooking them and saying, you owe money or we're coming after you, we'll send you back to your country. Um, these are the people who tend to be victimized. So I have a bit of concern because my parents are a little bit older and English is their second language. So the man says, I'm the RCMP, you owe the government money. Um, my dad, again, memory, could not remember how much money the guy said they owed, but it was substantial. And keep in mind that, like I said, English is their second language. My dad has a heavy, he's, his English is quite heavily accented and he's got some hearing loss. So you have to imagine that this conversation is taking a really long time because my dad's going, huh? What? I don't understand. And, and so the, this person on the other end is definitely working for their money. They had no idea what they signed up for. So the man says, I'm RCMP. You owe me money. Give me your credit card number and we'll settle this. And my dad says, no, I don't have a credit card. And which he does. Um, and the man is like, he's kind of, he's stumped. He's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't have a credit card? And my dad said, I'm old. I'm poor. I have no money. I don't have a credit card. And the man's kind of like confused. He's like, you don't have, you don't have a credit card. Um, do you have money in the bank? And my dad says, yeah, I have some money in the bank. And the man says, how much money do you have? And my dad goes, I have $4,000 in the bank. It's all the money I have. And the man says, um, 
it, somehow it comes, they come to the conclusion that my, my dad says, well, okay, if I owe you money, I can take out $1,500 and I'll give you cash. And so this man on the other line, the RCMP officer says, um, well, how close are you to the bank? And my dad says, oh, it's just down the street. I can, I can get you cash in a few minutes. So I'm sure that whoever is calling is like trying to figure out like, can I, can I meet this old guy down at the bank? He said he's going to hand me cash. Um, and the man's like, okay, uh, okay, you're going to, you're going to take out cash. You're going to give me cash. And, uh, and then my dad says, yeah. He goes, oh, I know. My son is RCMP. So why don't I give him the money and he can give it to you because you're RCMP. And then the man hung up. <laughs> and I was like, well played, dad. And then we kind of laughed about it because it was, it was amusing. Um, and I put it up on Facebook. And uh, sadly, though, a few people did comment on my Facebook post and say that they have elderly friends or relatives who have been scammed recently. So I think it's worth perhaps having that conversation with your older family and friends. And it's really one common one. It was a, a woman I know, she said that her uh, a family member of hers was contacted by someone claiming to be the friend of a family member who had just been in a really terrible accident. Therefore, we need you to send the money right away. And then they were out almost $2,000 because you're in that position where you're not, you're thinking, oh my gosh, someone who has been injured, uh, am I going to hang up or am I going to send the money? So, you know, it's, uh, it's like street smarts, f- like phone, phone smarts. But, um, anyway, my dad did not go to the bank and take out money. I don't even know if he's that, that much money in the bank. Um, my parents also got a new iPad and they've been waiting for me to go home to set it up. So I actually don't know how long ago my mother bought this new iPad. So she said, you need to set it up for me. I said, okay, fine. So I take it out of the box and my dad walks into the room as I'm taking it out of the box. And he goes, is that the new iPhone seven? And that is what my parents know about technology. Uh, so uh, lots of great things coming up on the show today. I'm going to tell you about a cool new artisan market that's on the waterfront taking place over a few weekends this summer. And I'm going to give you a chance to win a $50 gift card so that you can go down and try some of the delicious food for yourself. I think it's going to be a really great uh, little market. They've really uh, revitalized that area down by the Toronto waterfront. They've put in the new bike lanes. They've fixed all the streets and the streetcar tracks. And also, I've got lifestyle and design expert Carl Lowens in studio. He's going to give us a little bit of a crash course in high tea. I'm going to find out how it's different than afternoon tea because I think a lot of people use those terms somewhat interchangeably. And um, Carl knows, he knows a lot of things about design, uh, entertaining, and um, I know for sure that, well, Carl, for one, I always, you bake a lot, so I'm always kind of like drooling over the things that you post. Thank you. I think you called me a master baker once. I probably probably did. (laughs) You are a bit of a master baker. So Carl, people know... I feel like I've known you for a long time, but you're all over the, you're, you do a lot of different things. I've been lucky. You know, I, I found a love and a passion for the home and decor and ideas and products and, you know, started off, I mean, I was one of those people that helped start Style at Home magazine. That was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've worked for the lots, a lot of the magazines. I worked with HGTV. I've worked with products and all sorts of fun stuff. But what's nice about what I do and kind of what we do, because you have a real passion for food and what you do, uh, and I have the home decor 
our side of it is that we evolve around trends and ideas and what's happening. So, you know, maybe for a couple of years I'm on television and I'm doing morning shows and then for a couple of years I'm working at a magazine and then maybe I'm decorating, but it's all to do with the home and Mm -hmm. and it's really truly my passion. I wish I would have known it when I was in my early 20s (laughs) and I could have just made my millions early, but I'm still having a great time doing it and, you know, sunniest day thus this year and here I am with you talking about it. It's lots of fun. But we're going to have good times. We're going to talk a bit about... So you had presented the idea of talking about high tea. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know high tea. I've done it a couple times. Well, it's Victoria weekend. I mean, she drank That's tea in the true. afternoons. Um, but something to keep in mind is there's high tea yes, and then there's afternoon tea. And most people call it high tea. But most of the hotels call it whole high tea. Yeah. And we'll sort of describe each one and give people a quick primer on what that is. And you're also going to give us some great ideas on how to um, kind of keep up with the trends, make it a little bit different, unique. It doesn't yeah. have, because when I picture a high tea, I picture it very formal. I picture the fine uh, china. Floors, little ladies yeah, with flower think... teacups. You know, there, there was this whole revolution about two years ago in Brooklyn, New York, where the restaurants start, started serving afternoon tea. And it was really about making it funky. It's charcuterie boards and cheeses and craft beer and teas and See, cold I would never think of and, that as afternoon and, tea. <laughs> and, and, you know, all of a sudden, a younger generation thought it was kind of cool mm-hmm. to get together for an hour at the end of an afternoon and hang out. And in my mind, I've always just pictured it as one way. There was one traditional way, and that was the only way that you ever did high tea or afternoon yeah. tea. But there's sort of ways... Well, you can hippify anything at this point. These days, just... Put a guy with a plaid shirt and a beard in front of it and it's hippified, really. <laughs> put it, and, and put call, it in a mason and call, jar. And put it in a mason jar and call it craft something, beer, craft something. Uh, high tea was invented way back when, when workers in the city of London needed to wait for the trains to go home and they wouldn't get home until seven or eight o'clock at night and they would be, then be eating late. Mm-hmm. So it was more like a very late afternoon dinner or luncheon and they would go into a pub and they might have a beer, they might have tea at the end of the day. Coffee was not something people drank Mm -hmm. socially, really. Uh, And they would have tea or a beer, and they would have more savory things, like little tiny mince pies and pork sandwiches, and mostly savory items. And Mm -hmm. we think of it as more of a masculine high tea these days when you have that. (laughs) Little bits of cheeses and meats and little half sandwich. And it would be like half a sandwich and some fruit and some stuff. Afternoon tea is what the rich ladies did in England and it was come for a visit. So it was really a time to visit. It would be more between two and 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. If you were asking somebody to come for high tea after 3.30 or 4, it's like, no, no, I have to get home and start getting dressed for dinner, which is at 7.30, right? <laughs> right. Think of Downton Abbey. That's right. kind of what you get, right? So that's what, okay, so we're going to talk would be, about... And it would be very light. It would be yeah. some sweets, some pastries, certainly only tea. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a celebration involved, there might be a little bit of champagne or Prosecco. That was it. So a lighter, more feminine style was more mid-afternoon. Yes. End of afternoon being between 4 o'clock and 5.30 mm-hmm. was what they called high tea. Ah, uh, and that was the savory. More savory. Right. A little more filling to hold you yeah. over. It was it was kind of like a bit of a fourth meal for those that were working. It was more of a working class thing. The little I, uh, I'm more for the petty four. I'll be the lady <laughs> in the afternoon, really. I just want to know how I can transition from the one to the other and then just keep and then have dinner right after that. Well you could really. I, I plan to. So Carl Owens is gonna stick around. We want to talk a little bit more about um high tea. If you have any questions, you can always text in at seven ten ten and I will be giving away those gift cards later on in the show. More with Pei Chen on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. Hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Thanks for your text, 71010. Uh, Carl Lowens is here with me, lifestyle expert, also a bit of a design and decor guru. We're talking about traditional high tea and afternoon tea. And before you think like, eh, I don't care about the little sandwiches and tea. No, I'm learning a lot. I didn't realize that beer was a traditional <laughs> part of... Uh, of high tea. Of high tea. Which is a little later in the afternoon. Don't get drunk too early in the afternoon. <laughs> Mid-afternoon is... Afternoon tea with the ladies, with yeah. the petty fours and the little sweets. So that's what I think of. That's what I yes. feel like a lot of the and that's what the hotels, hotels offer do, as well. Right? Yeah, they they tend to do a pretty good blend. I've been to quite a few over the past years with friends mm-hmm. who visit, and they tend to give you a little bit of savory, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sandwich, but they're all quite small and dainty. Yeah. Whereas a real high tea is. Half a sandwich, some cheese, some charcuterie, yeah. maybe a craft beer or some tea, depending on what you feel like. Uh, and also iced tea, which is a huge no-no in the UK. Oh. They don't like iced tea because it's only it should only be drank hot. Right. Um, but iced teas are becoming very popular and, and as a nice alternative mm-hmm. to when you want an afternoon tea with your girlfriends in the backyard, let's say. Right. So there's different things we can talk about with that. Well, see, I think, too, that for someone to uh, keep bringing in, you know, for them to bring in new customers, maybe younger customers as well, they do have to adapt. You have to change it up a little bit. So, I mean, the fact that, let's say, a pub could have their own kind of afternoon tea. Yeah, most... Gastro pubs yeah. will have an afternoon version of tea for you, or or but they don't or, call or it that, tea. do they? Or maybe I haven't paid uh, attention. Some of them do. There's a few. There's a few good pubs downtown that yeah. opened recently over the past five ten years, and they do offer an afternoon snack or tea, yeah. or they call it their high tea. Um, and then, of course, all the hotels have it, which mostly cater. To tourists, let's say, yeah, um, but or or like the um, celebratory crowd. You know, we're taking the mom bridesmaids out. or yeah. you know, Mother's Day, yeah. the day before Mother's Day. But don't discount that it's going to be too stuffy just because it's in a fancy hotel. Um, the one of the kind of funnest ones, I think, is the one at the Shangri La downtown, mm-hmm. only because you're in the lobby, so people are coming and going, and you're serving, and and the the, the service is very nice. Whereas if you go to one of the like the Windsor Arms, you're in a private tea room, so it's yes. a little more ceremonial that way. So really ask about it. The other thing to ask, I think, is about the mm-hmm. food. Is it made so for important. the day? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of baked goods and pastries can be frozen and then thawed. Uh, you know, ask, are these made fresh daily? Are they made on site? Are they supplied? Oh, that's a good is that, question. You know, when you're eating something really small, it has to be delicious. Yes. It's, it better be delicious. That's right. Especially for $30 to $50 for high, <laughs> That's the average price for, for an afternoon tea is okay. between 30 to 50 in the city of Toronto anyway. Right. Um, and, you know, if you want a, a glass of champagne added, that's a little bit more. But ask ask about the food and where it's made. Is it made in-house? Uh, by the way, if you're doing a little high tea at home and you're making those little sandwiches without mm-hmm. the crust, um, I think it's an old trick that the caterers do, but you mist and wet paper towels and you layer your sandwiches between all the, the, the moist oh. paper towels and it keeps the bread really soft. It like, keeps it from drying up because once you cut the crust off, especially, like then yeah. uh, it, it does get a little that crisp white, on the edges. Yeah, yeah. so really... It makes it so moist. It's just so delicious. It's like somebody just made it. You know, the weird the thing is when someone cuts sandwiches into small pieces. So if you cut a sandwich into four, for some reason, I can suddenly eat six sandwiches because they've been cut into little pieces. But if you laid out six full sandwiches in front of me, I'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I've had two sandwiches. But the minute they're just in tiny little triangles or little rectangles yeah. and they're piled up on a nice little platter, it's amazing how many sandwiches you can actually eat. I it's think it's because one goes in the mouth and nobody saw it, right? <laughs> you know, it's like 
like a one, like a little one bite wonder. Do yeah. you have a favorite place to go for for high tea? I, I think it depends on who you're going to take and mm. what their expectations are. If someone has never been to an afternoon tea before or a hotel type situation, you want to take them to the most traditional first. I've been to the fancy uh, ones yep. in New York and here in Toronto as well and wherever I go. But if somebody's never been before, take them to a traditional one so they mm. kind of understand it. You know, there's the ceremony of choosing which tea you would like to drink and it's mm-hmm. going to be in your the, your pot of tea uh, unless there's a group thing that everyone agrees right and then it's um uh they do often ask there's often two different sandwich platters of sorts like do you want mm-hmm. something a little heavier something a little lighter um you know white bread you know gluten freeze all sorts of stuff are now popping up so it really cater to something traditional first and then start having fun with it and then start thinking about it as a way to entertain at home well and we're going to um, share some ideas uh, after the break, too, about ways that you can do this at home. But I love the idea that um, tea has, in, in recent years, become more popular because now there's, like, standalone tea shops everywhere. Oh, yeah. Whereas for yeah. a long time, you were used to seeing coffee shops on the corner, and then you started seeing more independent coffee shops. So, you know, you still see your Starbucks and your Tim Hortons, but now, especially within the city, uh, it's almost as common to find an independently owned coffee shop. But now, the tea shops are, you know, popping up. And I feel like that's because people are becoming more familiar, more educated about Absolutely. quality product. Tea is the most, it's, it's the second most consumed liquid in the world Except water, outside of water. water? Yeah, after water. Uh, so tea is pretty popular. To think if you're in a multicultural city, mm-hmm. then tea is going to be really popular. Other cultures drink so much more tea than what we normally do. Yes, and they think do. about it, you know, East, Eastern Europe and, and, and East Asia, mm-hmm. they've been drinking tea for 4,000 years. North America has been drinking it for 400 years. That's it? That's it. 400 oh, years, which is so still, <laughs> which is still a little bit older than you and me. Uh, so <laughs> just, that's okay. But <laughs> you know what? You, you've got to really look at, um, the, the, like if the coffee companies mm-hmm. are now offering tea and selling tea, well, then you know there's a need mm. for it in the industry as well. So these beautiful little shops that are opening with flavored teas and educational programs and stuff, I think it's really nice that we can drink something that is fairly healthy. Yeah, uh, Tea actually has just about as much caffeine as coffee. We don't really realize that. Um, by the way, the darker the roast of coffee you choose, mm-hmm. the less caffeine you get. <gasps> what? So no, everybody goes stop their, that. Everybody goes their darkest roast in the yes. morning because they think it's caffeine. The more you, the more, sorry, we're getting on the coffee, but the I more, <laughs> the more you roast the coffee beans, the more caffeine is roasted away. The lighter blends. Yes. Sort of like the Tim blends that everybody knows. Right. They have more caffeine in them. So those are the ones you drink in the morning. And let's face it. Starbucks survived on serving a really dark roast. And you know why? Because you can sit there and drink three cups of coffee <laughs> and read your book and you're not climbing the walls. And you're like, right? I just need an, I need another shot. I need a yeah. little bit. How smart of them to just, it's almost like the tiniest little like like a little IV drip. It's like, we're just going to give them a little bit. Yeah. Enough to just take well, the edge they, off. They, they developed coffee houses, which means sit around, enjoy coffee, have two mm-hmm. or three cups. I, I have one cup of my Tim's in the morning and I'm yeah. wired to go, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> That's the, enough. The darkest, but with tea, yes. consider it not so dissimilar um the uh, like a white tea mm-hmm. or a green tea uh will actually not have as much caffeine in it as a black tea or a ruby eye yes. like the the dark so the darker the tea looks the the more caffeine it will have whereas in coffee the lighter the coffee the more caffeine it has well you've just blown my mind i know Carl everyone Owens, thinks darker roast I've got is darker like all, i've got bags and of like extra it, no. dark roast at home no think about it the italians 
can drink espressos that's after true. dinner at night. You're and absolutely right. And that's right. a super dark roast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because there's not a lot of caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm just a bit sad about that, but I know what I'm drinking tomorrow morning. Carl Lones is going to stick around. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll tell you how you can entertain at home with some inspiration from high tea and afternoon tea. Also, I want to talk to him about his friendship with none other than Miss Martha Stewart. Yeah, they're, they're friends, and I want to find out about this little... Um, Romance. <laughs> this Whoa, let's start some rumors. Uh, you listen to the Pay 10 Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We're taking a quick break. Back right after this. This is the Pay 10 Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We're setting the mood for your high tea or afternoon tea. I have a lifestyle expert and uh, design and decor guru, Carl Lowens, in studio with me, learning a lot about tea, also uh, coffee as well, because you just kind of blew my mind with what you told me about coffee. You usually don't have have tea without coffee somewhere, right? (laughs) Somewhere in there. Tea or coffee. People have been texting, and some people are very passionate about this topic. Jan is asking, and I think some people might be curious about this as well, uh, she wants to know where she can purchase real English Petit Fours in Toronto because she's hosting an afternoon tea in June. And you have some ideas? I bet you ideas? it's a pre-wedding she's going to host. <laughs> you know what? And have it made. It, 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 again, if they can put those wet those wet naps on it, it keeps it so delicious. Um, you know what? I, I don't know who caters it specific, specifically, mm-hmm. but the Queen and Beaver Public House is sort of a gastro pub. They create fantastic food mm-hmm. by really great chefs. They have another location under a different name in Toronto. So they've got a few locations around. Contact that that pub uh, and ask them if they can cater or where they or, oh, or who does cater idea. because they know the authentic. Again, it's called the Queen and Beaver Public House. It's actually a really cool, funky pub that's really decorated. As a decorator, I get excited about that place. <laughs> Is it's that really the one cool. that's on Young? Uh, no, Elm Street. It's near Elm Street. So that's it's actually right. not far from like the Eaton Center area. That's that, right. That that's right. Downtown, downtown area. Yeah. The yeah. other one that they have which I'm unfamiliar of the name, mm-hmm. is in Yorkville. So within the city, you'll find a few of them around. Okay, cool stuff. So we were going to talk about some ideas for creating a high tea at home. Because not like you said, most people, if they go out, it's, it's kind of a tourist thing to do. Hey, when I was in Scotland, I went for afternoon tea at the Balmoral Hotel. That was my big afternoon experience. It was, it was lovely. It was, I think, probably probably quite traditional and very formal. Um, but there are ways to entertain with it over the summer, whether it's for a shower, uh, an engagement party, a brunch, or just having people over for midday, whatever it is. Yeah. Hey, it's a long Saturday weekend. Saturday and Sunday afternoons, do your afternoon tea, whether it be for the brunch or for mom or for visitors. What about a pool party tea, right? So yes. doing so brew really great flavors of iced teas. Ooh. And my secret when I do flavored teas, because sometimes you get them stocking up in the tea cupboard at home where you've got a raspberry tea or a lemon zinger and you've got all these flavors, triple brew them. So put mm-hmm. three times as much tea into the pot, brew it, let it sit to get really strong. And then as the ice dilutes it down, or you can add some soda or some uh, champagne, like like mimosa teas are beautiful. You do a, a really, like a triple blue, <laughs> a, a triple brew black tea, mm-hmm. and it's almost syrupy uh, with a little pomegranate juice in it. And you pour that into the mimosas and it's delicious, right? So think about taking your, uh, your, 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 your afternoon tea outside on the porch, mm-hmm. setting it up pretty. Um, um, I actually um, was recently at a store and saw all this 
flowery English inspired chintz looking but modern design stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was called Pool Tide. It was actually to go out by your pool. Oh. It, it was Walmart, I'll tell yeah. you. Uh, but what, what, and I say that because it yeah. was really affordable. Right. You want to host a party for fifty or sixty dollars, you can turn your your porch into something that just looks beautiful. Just create a nice floral theme. and and really fun. And a lot of it's indoor outdoor, so it's not going right. to get destroyed or somebody. It's not a fine china. You don't need that for a one time event. Think also about. High tea, remember mm-hmm. that's a little later in the afternoon. You know, a lot of people go for a glass of wine after work with some workmates. Yeah. Invite two workmates over the night before. They'll just, never leave. They'll never leave. That's right. <laughs> well, not with that hot tub that you've got. Apparently, <laughs> she's got a new condo. I'm going to put on my condo. balcony. That's right. I keep joking her about her, her, little, her little small space condo that I saw in Canadian Living Magazine, it's right? It's a tiny little place. And I emailed you and said, where's the hot tub? Yeah. The hot like, tub's the size of her apartment, folks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, invite some friends over after dinner. There's yeah. very minimal prep. I mean, throw a few small savory pastries in the oven. You can buy them through, like, the Loblaws and stuff, those yeah. little pies, and then have some fresh fruit and then do some teas, pre-brew them in the morning and have them waiting for when people come home. I love to mix fruit juices with teas or oh, sodas. That's nice. And I would have thought of that. You're getting the health benefits of some nice green tea mm-hmm. and you don't need as much fruit juice, which often has a lot of sugar in it. Um, I have this thing called pomegranate syrup and it's a Lebanese syrup that you cook yes. with. Yeah. Well, a few drops in some tea, even hot tea, gives it that slight sweetness you might want in that fruity herbal mm-hmm. t- uh, taste. Really delicious. Put that in champagne, you can put in anything. So think about going outdoors once our weather's nice, like this weekend. Yeah, Think about after work, you know, with some workmates. And the other thing that's kind of cool, if you've got a daughter who's between 9 and 13, Mm -hmm. she thinks she's 19. Right. So do, do some beautiful iced flavored teas and serve them in champagne glass champagne glasses for her and her friends and give them a little party outside, right? It's a fun thing to do. You can buy three sandwiches and turn it into 16 squares <laughs> and then they down them like you do in five minutes. But, yeah, because you know, I'm like, like well, they're just tiny. They're just bite size. It's like when you eat Timbits and you don't realize you've eaten like five donuts worth of Timbits. It's only a hole from a donut. <laughs> That's right? all it is. That's and all it is. The hole is basically nothing. It's just air. Um, I love these ideas. I wanted to quickly mention and discuss a upcoming book that you're doing? Yes, I'm actually doing a decorating book, not mm-hmm. about IT. Um, <laughs> I, I've never, ever written a book before, and a publisher pr- approached me about five years ago. Never got at it, just yeah. really busy. And this year I'm committed to writing the book. It's with Random House, which is mm-hmm. a nice big publisher. And uh, they've been very nice to me and very patient. And the manuscript is done. Nice. They have it. Well, now, what's the, the book about? It is going, well, the working title. And, yes. this, you know, for all of you that see it in a year out on the shelves, you'll know it probably changes. But the working title is The Essential Guide to Decorating. Okay. So it's all those rules, not about style. Okay. Because my style might be different than yours. But how high do you hang the photo over your sofa? Oh, I see. What's the right size of rug for your living room? How high do you hang the drapery rod? Because, you know, between the top Mm -hmm. of the window and the ceiling. Everyone thinks if you hang the drapery rod at the ceiling level that the ceilings will look taller. And that's Mm -hmm. not true. So I want to show people these are all tried and true decorating rules that all the designers have done for years. It's all from my experience working at the decorating magazines mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen it work. And I'm putting it all together into a book. And it's basically the guidebook of having a decorator in your pocket all of a sudden. Now, here's the thing. As someone who has worked uh, and done a lot of design and decorating and worked at the magazines, like you said, I think people always wonder, does your your personal home look like the things that you put in the magazines? And you've been redoing your place, right? I have. <laughs> Plastering was being done today, actually. Now, you do know you what? have some it's, input from your a, friend, Martha Stewart? 
A little bit. I'm actually, you're leading into something very nice. Um, I, 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 I'm working on a, a redecoration of my dining room mm-hmm. and it's a project with her and her team. And they wanted to do a project, a, a nice project that showed people how to get good storage and, you know, work in small spaces. I don't live in a large house. Uh, so we redid it. Um, the dining room as a project and decorated it. Her people were involved. I was involved. And uh, it's coming out this fall. You'll see it on Martha Stewart's social media channels, in her magazines and all that good stuff. Canadian Living Mm -hmm. is going to do a nice feature in Canada with it uh, in the September issue, which I was really thrilled and honored because, Mm -hmm. you know, Canadian Living is about food and the table and the dining room. So it's a nice story for them and me. And I do love to entertain. As you know, I love to cook. So Um, um, how do you know Miss Martha? We met... um, uh, about four or five years ago, she came to the Good Food Show in Toronto, and I said, I want to design a green room for her. I want to design the room oh. for her for the day. And what I did is I designed this 40 by 40 blank space in a convention center to look like her off, exactly like her office in New York City. Oh, you replicated it. And I replicated it. The colors of the, 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 the colors of the walls, <laughs> the style of the furniture, yeah. everything. And then what I did is I had these big murals made. I haven't told you this. I had yeah. these huge murals made. Of the loft windows in her in her uh, in her in her offices, right? Uh, there's a famous building that she's in called the Starlit Lehigh Building in New York City. I called the, the property manager and said, "Do you have any empty shots of windows looking wow. out to the city?" She sent them to me. I had murals made. She walks into this room and she's like. That's the view from my office in New York. <laughs> How did you get that? And I'm like, well, you know, I work magic. So every time Martha and her team mm-hmm. uh, come to, they do a lot of work with Home Depots and Staples right. and all the pet companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're in Toronto, which is really about every six to eight weeks, wow. um, I try to do stuff with them. Yeah. They might ask for a new restaurant to go to mm-hmm. or, or maybe a store to check out. Martha is actually very, very inquisitive. If she goes into a city she wears her team out. Like they have to go for somewhere to eat that's new. They have to check out a new store. Um, She'll go to a new bakery and buy bread. I mean, she'll do everything. You know, I've uh, followed her tweets and I know that when she is in town and that, and when people know that she's in town, she, like, I remember her tweeting how much she loved her meal at Edulis, which is a fantastic little restaurant down on like Niagara. I told Uh, her to go there. Well, well, and what a good recommendation. But I think it just, do you remember that? Do you remember that the response to that wasn't so positive? People were saying, terrible well she kind of took quick (laughs) photos and it was dark and people started saying that looks like mush what are you eating martha and they started making fun of this incredible food but i have to admit it was beige food and it was dark in in the room and all that stuff and they really started putting down the food like boy you need to go to better restaurants yeah i think maybe what you could do next carl just a suggestion is um give martha some tips on taking beautiful photos for her social media because you do that very well Well, she now actually has somebody doing it for her Perhaps there was enough feedback that one of of my one of my close friends on Facebook is Daisy, and Daisy is Martha's makeup artist who travels with her. So now mm-hmm. Daisy's in charge of the photos. That's good. And there's always good photos. <laughs> now there's always nice photos. Yeah. Um, but we'll hardworking, call- you know, Martha Stewart is 75 years old. Wow. And people don't think of her as being our parents' age. Yeah. Because she's, she, as much as she's pretty traditional in the United States, mm-hmm. she stays quite relevant. Yeah. No, really? well, yeah. Like she's about my, my dad's age. I bet people aren't scamming her on the phone. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, <laughs> Carl. We'll look forward to your book coming out. Thanks for all your How great fun. tips. Thank and you. Uh, coming up after the break, I'll tell you how you can win a $50 gift certificate to the new Waterfront Artisan Market kicking off next weekend. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Well, happy long weekend to all of you. Thanks for tuning in on this beautiful Saturday. Uh, of course, now that the we- uh, warmer weather 
is here, we hope. Uh, all the great outdoor events and festivals start kicking off. And uh, this year, there's something happening down on the waterfront. It's the Waterfront Artisan Market. And it's a curated mix of 50 top artisans, crafters, chefs, and bakers. It's a really beautiful place to walk around if you're uh, coming in for the day and you want to just like hang out and enjoy some good food, maybe some music. So it's an open air market. It's going to take place. So not every weekend, but it's going to take place over six different weekends at the HTO Park. And if you aren't familiar with that spot, it's um, on Queens Key West and it's between Reese and Spadina. So it's that area where they've kind of really uh, revamped the um, the space and uh, the, the, well, the traffic down there as well, because they finally finished off those streetcar tracks that they were working on for a while. They widened the the lanes and they put in bike uh, bike lanes as well. So it's a really pretty area just to walk around, go for a run, go for a bike ride. Um, and so this waterfront artisan market is kicking off next weekend. So that's May 28th and 29th. That's the first weekend. So I'm actually giving away um, four $50 gift certificates that can be used on the first weekend, which is next weekend. So this means that if you are planning to come in to the city next weekend, May 28th, 29th, you can use this gift certificate. If you are not, you will not be able to use this gift certificate. So if you're interested, you can just text in 71010 and send me your full name, first and last name, and your email address because, hey, we're getting with technology and the gift certificates will actually be emailed to the winners. Again, this will be worth $50 and you can use it at any of the vendors down at this Waterfront Artisan Market only next weekend. So that will be May 28th and 29th. So that's the only time you can use this $50 gift certificate. But I'm sure you could bring a friend, bring a family member, and uh, you can sample all kinds of really great things. And uh, this is down near like Queens Key and Spadina, that sort of area down at the harbor front. If you want to find out more info, waterfrontartisanmarket.com. So for your chance to win a $50 gift certificate, just text in 71010, first and last name, and your email address and I'll take entries up until the end of the show at four o'clock. So uh, as I was mentioning, I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show about a great, one of Toronto's greatest food events, in my opinion, and I know, you know, I am involved with it a little bit, but even if I wasn't, Toronto Taste is a really fantastic fundraiser that takes part down at uh, Chorus Key and it raises money for Second Harvest. And this is the third year in a row that I'll actually be involved. So I'll be broadcasting live on location from Toronto Taste on Sunday, June 12th with Zane Kaplansky. We're going to have a great time down there. And uh, I've on the line, I've got Deborah Lawson, who's the executive director for Second Harvest. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Pei. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I hope you're having a great long weekend. Um, I am. Oh, good. <laughs> so let's let's you know backtrack a little bit for people who aren't really familiar and uh, talk about what Second Harvest does because this is your major fundraiser. This is actually it is it is our major fundraiser this June twelfth and and really looking forward to connecting with you in person there. But what it is, it's uh, it provides um, we're we're aiming for eight hundred ninety thousand dollars to raise for Second Harvest, uh, which is a charity that rescues uh, fresh nutrient dense surplus food that would otherwise go to waste, and uh, we redistribute that to over two hundred and twenty social service agencies in this city. So when you say rescue food, because that's a term that I've become quite used to uh, having you know, spoken with you many times and, and knowing Second Harvest, but for some people, it, it sounds a little strange. They don't really know what food rescue means. 
Well, we, well, you know, rescue is a great word because what we do is we're rescuing this incredible food. Don't think, don't think that it's not great food. It's absolutely perfect food. And we save it from going, uh, to, to becoming waste. Now, where does it come from, this, this rescued food? Um, we pick up from uh, all the major re- uh, uh, grocery retailers that you uh, are, are familiar with, as well as distribution centers. So we're picking up from whether it be a Loblaws or um, a, a, a Sobeys, a Longos. Uh, we pick up food uh, in large amounts uh, every day to uh, redistribute it. And it's beautiful food. It's absolutely gorgeous food. And what you would think is is you know, waste is actually fabulous ingredients that you would want to get your hands on. And sometimes it's um, with the perishable stuff. I know that it might be something that you know can only be sold for another day, or it's, it's just not so perfect anymore that the grocery store is going to be able to sell it. Well, like I said, some person, some person's idea of waste is our idea of ingredients. So we pick up absolutely. Yeah, okay, it might have an expiration date on it, but we're trying to get get people to understand that uh, expiration dates are really when that tomato is going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we rescue it. And, uh, and, and in turn, um, we, we, we distribute it to people who absolutely need it. Now, who are these people typically? Um, like where, you know, where are you feeding them? And who are most of the people who are benefiting from the food that you're uh, delivering? The, the people that benefit from our food are the agencies that we deliver to. We're, uh, we deliver to agencies only, not to individuals. Mm-hmm. So it could be women escaping domestic violence. It could be youth at risk. It could be uh, homeless shelters. Uh, but all in all, um, it adds up to about 22,000 uh, meals a day. Wow, wow that's a lot. That's, that's too much, actually. I think that's an incredibly sad number. Um, but that's that's how much uh, food that we're able to pick up um, and actually feed people. Now, now, the money that you raise, what does that go towards? I know a large cost for you is keeping your refrigerated trucks running. Absolutely. So most of the cost goes into our food rescue program. So that is our trucks. Um, we have eight trucks and a van, and you probably have seen them throughout the city. And uh, they pick up they pick up the food, and it costs money to run those trucks. It costs money to put gas in those trucks and it costs money to keep those trucks going. So um, it really, really keeps our food rescue program um, as vital to this city uh, going as long as possible. I was also really impressed with how cost efficient um, Second Harvest is because it uh, doesn't cost you very much to provide a meal, does it? No, not at all. Um, When you look at, actually, we're very, very, very efficient. When you look at what it costs, uh, we can deliver uh, a pound of food at 43 cents. So it's pretty amazing. Well, uh, yeah, it, it is because, it, you know, with your food being donated, I think that obviously saves a lot of money. And then it's just a matter of you needing money to, to keep the organization going, getting right. food from one place to the other. Absolutely. And for every every dollar donated, it provides um, it provides two meals. So you can imagine if you're buying a, a ticket to this fundraiser at $260, double that and that's how many meals you're feeding. 
So I know that um, the this the event is in its 26th year, Toronto Tay, so it's taking it place is. June 12th. Well, congratulations, um, you know, on, on keeping it running for so long. And I know that you get a lot of the top chefs involved and a lot of them have been supporting Second Harvest for many years. So um, as you mentioned, the tickets are $260 a piece. And I will say, you know, for a lot of people that go, whoa, that's, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money. And it is, but they also get a tax receipt for right. a portion so- of it, right? Right, so it's two hundred sixty dollars each, and that includes a hundred and twenty-five dollar tax receipt. So all food and drink that you could possibly imagine <laughs> that you could consume, as you know, right? You can have it. You can you it. You just you can't even imagine um, how glorious this experience is if you've never been there. And of course, um, you know when you when you think when you think it actually every dollar, so two hundred sixty. That's five hundred twenty meals. That's amazing. I think it's a great, um, like I said, it's it's a bit of a higher price point for uh, for people. But when you think of it as um, a gift, I think it's it's a wonderful gift if you've got uh, someone that you know who really loves food, who perhaps is a fan of some local restaurants and chefs. Because it, you do with charity events like this that do such good work, you get to give twice. So you get to give a great uh, evening to someone, even if that's yourself, and then that money also really exponentially gets to a benefit other people. Absolutely. It's a win-win for everyone. Um, and, and all of this, of course, couldn't happen without um, amazing partners. Like we, we couldn't have done this for the last 21 years. Uh, the Daniels Corporation has been uh, an incredible sponsor. And so they've helped us make this event just get better and better every year. And this year is going to be really exciting. I mean, with the Chef Challenge. Uh, so what is this with- Chef Challenge? Can you tell me what that is? Absolutely. So we actually, it's live. It's a chef challenge that's live. <laughs> so this year we're going to have uh, competitors who are uh, vying for the title of chef challenge winner. And um, I think this year we have uh, uh, the chef from Death in Venice, Jalala Company, mm-hmm. so Kyle and we have Darby Piquette with, from one restaurant and Ivana Raka with Raka Cafe. And so they're going to face off. Can you imagine being on the main stage and it's so great to watch your it's it's lively it's fun they have fun with each other they're really competitive too so. you know and it's a, it's great because it's not just it's food and drink and it's lots of kind of like uh live action stuff going on silent auction um it's a great evening so we'll have to wrap it up deborah but i will see you on june 12th looking forward to it Really looking forward to it. See you there. Okay. So if you want to find more information, you can just visit the website, torontotaste.ca. And again, Zane and I will be there on June 12th broadcasting from the event. So um, think about it and, you know, maybe pick up a ticket for yourself or for someone that uh, you know would really enjoy it. Have a great and safe long weekend, everyone. Paychen.com is the website. Podcasts are up there and at Paychen on Twitter and Instagram. And I'll be back next Saturday.